Hey love, welcome to Divine Alignment, the podcast. This is a space where we bridge the gap between your soul and your human, and we speak pure magic. I'm so excited to have this combo with you. I've been looking at your stuff and, and following along and and being in your radar for, for a while, and I always love the freshness that you bring to everything and the the authenticity that comes through in all of your transmissions and all the things that you share uh, in your platforms and in your business. So I'm really, really excited to to have you here inside of Divine Alignment Podcast and talk a little bit about astrology, business, leadership, entrepreneurship, uh, and how you've built such an incredible and beautiful business that truly feels, at least from the outside, like it really is a reflection of your truth. Oh, thank you so much for that recognition, Daniela. And it's been so great to be connected like these past couple of years because the feeling is so mutual. Like I've had so much appreciation for just the the beauty of the grace, energy, and peace that you bring through your work. And it's been very inspiring to me. So, so lovely to, to receive this invitation to be on Divine Alignment with you. How beautiful, how beautiful that reflection. Um, so you know, I have been tuned in and love every time you bring in, you know, reports about what's going on in astrology and, you know, as that is your mastery, but I really don't know your story. And I would love to go into that. I would love to go into, you know, where were you before you started this business and what has been that journey of transformation and evolution to get to this day today? Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a deep story. Uh, and you know, my childhood had a lot of threads of instability, chaos, a lot of moving around, uprooting trauma, being around darkness, being around addiction. And I felt very, very lost and very separate from the world. I felt very other than the world, my family, my surroundings, my environment. And I felt really, really isolated. And when I was four, and I didn't know what was going on because I had unprocessed trauma, I had nervous system stuff going on. But at that time, of course, we don't know about these things. So I, I just could not understand why I did not feel connected to life. I felt like I felt like a balloon, like a helium balloon that had been let go of. And I was just kind of like free floating in life, not understanding what's going on in a very like not liberating way. <laughs> and when I was 14, uh, which was a you know hard years as I became a teenager and started going through puberty, like those were some hard years. And then when I was 14, I read my first article about astrology. And I had known that my sun sign is Aquarius. And when I was 14, somehow just playing around, clicking around on the internet, I found a website called astrology-online.com. And it had this article, huge article about what it meant to be an Aquarius. And I was like, I had never felt so seen in my life. And I was like, this is the, the craziest experience, like feeling so seen and recognized and feeling like life makes sense. The cosmos makes sense. I understand myself. The way I feel is, is natural and right. And that recognition, I'm a projector in human design. So recognition is something that's really important for our existence. And I was experiencing recognition, but I was just sitting across from a computer screen. So it was one of the most like psychedelic experiences of my life, actually. And from that point on, I was just devouring all astrology content that I found, articles, videos, and books. And from the age of 14 to now, I'm now 34. So now it's been 20 years of navigating life with astrology 
And I wasn't for a lot, for most of that time, I wasn't studying for, you know, oh, I'm going to learn to read for other people. I'm going to sell readings. I'm going to make content. It, it was completely from an energy of total innocence and total, almost like naively just, just navigating and following these threads just for my own joy and my own sense of connection. And it helped me navigate really hard things that I experienced in life, like the traumas I experienced, then how that impacted my romantic relationships was then where my my uh, original traumas kept playing out in my 20s. So I had some really, really hard times. I also had my experiences with addiction as well and substance abuse. And it was some really, really really hard times, like really hard times. But through these threads of astrology that were showing me that, you know, the divine alignment, right? Like it was showing me that as I learned about my Pluto placement, my South Node placement, my Chiron placement, like some of our biggest shadow work placements were in my house of family, was in the sign of the mother, Uh was in the house of death and rebirth and alchemy and transformation, was in the place of security. And it all just made so much sense with how that manifested in my life. And when I realized that I was, even when things felt very unfair and may have been unfair, I was actually being served exactly what I needed to evolve into who I came here to become. And that was very important for me at times where I was pretty close to like giving up. Like I wouldn't say that I had true thoughts of like, I'm going to end my life. But there was a lot of times where I was like, what is the point of being alive? I'm just in so much pain and nothing makes sense. Life is so hard. And without those glimmers of understanding of like, there is a cosmic order playing out. This is mirrored in this chart. It's mirrored in this map This that now I see as the instruction manual to our highest evolution. So then when I was in my late 20s, so you know, already been just going through life and work I, I dropped out of school at age 15 and left my parents home at that time. Uh, so like a year after beginning to study astrology. So I worked in the service industry. I was really in survival mode. I just did different jobs. I gained random skills, um, no education and I just created, you know, I was I was living, I was surviving. <laughs> it felt like I was surviving, just keeping my head above water for many 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 years. And then in my late 20s, classic projector. I feel that a lot of your listeners are probably like somewhat familiar with human design as well, but classic projector. Um, I had been reading for my friends for free for a few years because it's just, you know, you get, it's good to look at other charts. I've been working with my own chart for so many years. So I started to read for my friends. One of my friends invited me and asked me, hey, can I pay you to do a reading for her boyfriend at the time? So that was my first time being in exchange with this thing that I loved, that I just studied and did just for fun, just because I loved it for so many years. And then I was receiving money for that for the first time. And that was when it all started. And then I started my business in March 2020. I chose the date based off of astrology that I could see that 2020 was going to create volatility and I may not have career, I may not have job security. Um, so I could see, many astrologers could see that 2020 was going to be really crazy. And yeah, it's ever since then, I, it's like uh, the timeline shifted somewhere along the line and it completely transformed my life and really created a lot of space for me to do deeper healing and be really in like more and more and more radical devotion to what my purpose is. And then I get to help other people do that too. And it's just this beautiful, very fulfilling infinity loop of um, evolution. I love that. I love that how awareness can bring so much peace Mm -hmm. without actually anything changing. Yes. So true. 
you know, it's like all of a sudden we begin to understand from a different perspective, wider perspective, what is actually happening Mm -hmm. and how everything is at some level happening for us, through us. And just that shift in awareness, which astrology is an incredible tool to do that, all of a sudden, without going anywhere, we are where we are meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Astrology is so objective in a way. Uh, Of course, it's up to interpretation because we can look at something, we can judge it or categorize it as something bad or good. Like if we see a certain Mm. placement, it's like, oh, I wish I didn't have that placement or like, oh, my Mars is in its detriment in this sign or it's in its fall over here, blah, blah. We can look at it and judge it as good good and bad. But if we have an underlying premise of of the greater view that all things happen for us and the chart is, is what we actually chose, like our higher self actually chose the chart, including anything challenging on the chart, then we can access objectivity and with that objectivity we can see without taking things personally oh this was how it was always supposed to be so rather than asking why me why is this happening it's like no why why did I choose this experience like why why what was my soul trying to accomplish by healing through and confronting and transmuting abandonment deep family traumas but it's it's Mm -hmm. interesting because it it gets there's like this line especially in like new age spirituality world where there's a lot of people a a lot of things get said that have a kernel of truth but end up getting distorted so one of those things is a kind of story or narrative that oh if this terrible thing happened to you you attracted it into your life Right. And so Mm. I felt very, I felt very gaslit by that type of language in new age spirituality, but there, there is another octave of that truth, which is that we needed that experience in order to become all that we came here to become. It's not that we attracted it because we did something wrong or we had a negative thought or we deserved it in some way, but there is some kind of greater cosmic order playing out where the other person, like the perpetrator or the person that may have like caused that trauma, because most traumas come from interpersonal relationships, right? And oftentimes things happen that we don't deserve and that aren't fair. And when we look at astrology as it's, it's bringing it back to you, and what was my soul, how, how badass was my soul wanting to become through choosing that in this incarnation, I'm going to work through and heal through things like abandonment issues, things like betrayal from close intimate partners, things like theft or, or violence or the things that, you know, as humans in earth school, we can experience these things that are so tragic and so heartbreaking and they're not fair. But the greater vision is, well, if I was meant to face this, rather than spending our precious energy and our precious time wondering, what did I do wrong? Why did I deserve this? It's actually kind of almost like, it's almost the same question, but it's a completely different intention and perspective of like, Mm. how badass was I meant to become through growing through this? Mm. And it's also, as I I can imagine, like the chart could be the placement could be there, but the imp- the interpretation of that and not only the interpretation, but the expression of that placement can be very different depending on whether we're going against or feeling like the victim of it or actually allowing it to move through us for us. Yes. So it's like the, the experience of every chart. I think it's something really beautiful that you said, which is the experience of every chart. It's, it's unique and an, ex- yeah. an expression of that placement through us 
how beautiful to, to figure out and to move through what that will look like mm -hmm. for us and how would we allow ourselves to learn and to grow and to move through something that's that's at the highest level for our own evolution chosen by us as well. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful duality that we play with too from you know, seeing something as like a good or bad placement. And in one sense, the chart is a static image, right? Like it is what it is. It is fixed. It, there are things we can work with like progressions, transits, things that are like based on like active astrology, but like the chart is the chart. The blueprint is the blueprint. That is, that is the, the cosmic fingerprint you'll have your whole life. But we don't want to look at it with a fixed mindset. We want to look at it with a growth mindset that like like exactly like you said, the different expressions of individual placements, there's like higher octaves and lower octaves. There's lower expressions and higher expressions. And if we see the the game as how can I understand these different archetypes in my chart and how can I then choose with my free will, because we're not boxed in, like the, some people feel that the chart is boxing them in, but actually it's the interplay between fate and free will. And that's what I consider myself to be studying when I study astrologies is how we play with and dance with fate and free will. So some things are fixed, like the placements on the chart will never change, but how we engage with them, how we embody them, how they manifest through us, that's up to us and our free will. And that's why one person can have an amazing chart with all the planets in their home signs and da da da, and they don't necessarily actualize their potential or self-actualize in this life or have the, the destiny incarnation. Like, you know, I, I feel that the listeners of your podcast and you and I can resonate with the, the concept of like really living our destiny in this incarnation, like the, the G spot of destiny, like really just, just all the way. I feel like that's kind of what like we're realizing, like when we think of like creating heaven on earth, I feel like that's what that means. And then there's people who have really challenging charts that have really challenging placements, really challenging aspects. And th they've allowed the pain to awaken them to their creator power. So it's this dance of like, yeah, we are looking at this chart that is a fixed and static image, but we have free will in how we engage with that. And through understanding the archetypes, it's, 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 it's a, it's an interplay between both. And it's kind of like, as a human, we are mortal and we are limited. We have limits, but as a soul, we're unlimited. And so another thing with the chart is that it's you, you as a soul are beyond all the labels and placements of your chart, but you as a incarnate human, as a mortal in this life, there are certain parameters and even limitations and certain things that you're working with in this one incarnation. And that's what the chart refers to. So I just want to say that because sometimes people feel limited or they feel like the chart is trying to tell them who they are when that's not the case. I love that. And I feel like we, we are so much into this era where we really get to look at things from so many different perspectives as before, I felt like we were fed a lot, like very limited information about who we are and what we what we're here to do and what we're capable of doing versus now I feel like we have a lot more free will into like looking at something like astrology mm -hmm. and deciding how we want to look at it and how we want to move through it and how we want to apply it or not apply it to our lives, which gets me to this question about um, I know you talk a lot about the Aquarian age. And I would love to hear more uh, of you because when it comes to astrology, for me, I am not an expert whatsoever. <laughs> and I know very limited per se in terms of, of what it means, but but I love the precision of it, the precision and the as you're saying, it's it's very straightforward and it's it's 
it's very precise in its its information. Again, the way that is interpreted and the way that it gets expressed collectively and individually, it's very different. But I would love to hear a little bit about like because we are in the Aquarian Aquarian age, and what does that mean? What what changes are we looking at? How long does it go? Um, and how has been, for example, for you to move through that as well? Mm -hmm. I love this question. Thank you for asking me this because a, a great revelation that I had this year is that I'm I'm speaking more and more and more about the Aquarian age. And so what is known about the Aquarian age, and I'll talk about the, the overall archetypes that really connects with what you were just saying, but the procession of ages is very, we don't know exactly when the age of Aquarius begins. And my opinion my my take as an, as an Aquarius sun and Venus, as someone who's been studying for 20 years, is that the Aquarian age will begin around 2200. So will not actually be in our lifetimes that we are fully in the Aquarian age, as in like the Aquarian age of humanity actualized at a level of consciousness and potential with not only our own consciousness and energy, but power, energy sources, uh, flying cars, perhaps, technology and AI actually working in a way that is honoring life, honoring organic life, coming back into union and respect with Mother Earth. Like we are not there yet. And the procession of ages can be around 2,200 years. So I believe it's going to be around 2200 not in our lifetime. So where we are now in this is just this is just only my opinion. I could not ever say that this is a fact, right? But where we are now is we're the transition team. We're the we're transitioning between the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. So there's a lot that is still being dismantled before humanity is truly experiencing being actually in the age of Aquarius. So we could call it the dawning of the age of Aquarius, but that dawning going to take a couple hundred years. Like it's going to take a little bit longer. So we are in a very, very sacred time. So when, you know, as it's been so interesting for me how it comes full circle with like, you know, these last like 10 years on my spiritual path, hearing things like we're the ones we've been waiting for, and that type of words, that those types of like mottos and mantras. And I really understand what that means now for me, which is that we are the ones we've been waiting for to dismantle the old paradigm and take responsibility for building the new one where we're no longer because... In order to really step into the age of Aquarius, we also need to understand the Piscean age, which is the age that we're leaving. So Pisces, which once again, age lasts around 2000 years. The symbol of Jesus Christ was a fish. We've been counting years in the Gregorian calendar since the arrival of Jesus Christ. Um, the qualities of Jesus or Yeshua are very Piscean, unconditional love, compassion, tolerance, mysticism, unity, consciousness. The shadows of the Piscean age are martyrdom, sacrifice, putting others on pedestals, rescuing or wanting to be rescued and being a savior. So the way that we related in this current age, the Piscean age, when an ascended master or an advanced initiate would show up in the collective, it would be instant either pedestalization or crucifixion or a combination of the two, where the common folk felt that we didn't have access to God. We didn't have access to the divine. We have to access them through this person and this person is special and this person is different. In the Aquarian age, the archetype of Aquarius is about equality, and it's also much more objective than the Piscean age. So another thing with the Piscean age, a shadow is delusion, deception, and gullibility. 
So another part of this with like putting others on pedestals and being in victim mode is waiting for our governments or thinking somehow our governments are going to change themselves magically and completely like, you know, change from the inside out and become uncorrupted. And like, we're waiting for like someone to take charge of that. Aquarius is co-ruled by Saturn. It's, it's, it's ancient. And in modern astrology, it's co-ruler is Saturn, the planet of responsibility. And Aquarius is an objective sign, intellectually objective. So less bogged down in emotions and confusion and easily persuaded by like gurus, false prophets, um, organized religion, using that as a form of control. Like we're, we're awakening to these things playing out. Aquarius also rules technology and information. So just as you were saying, you know, now we have access to more information than ever for personal development, self-awareness. We can teach ourselves business for free on YouTube. We actually don't have to even, I mean, ideally, I mean, you and I know that importance and power of investing with mentors and quantum leaping, but we could start a business for free, basically with like a $10 domain name and, you know, 3% fees on PayPal and like no overhead if we wanted to, because all that information is available to us. This is why we keep seeing these beautiful articles of like a young man in Kenya building a wind power turbine because he was able to access how to make that through the information age. Information is available without to all classes now, to all nationalities, to all countries, because the internet is so readily available. And Aquarius rules technology. So it rules technology and groups and community and social justice. So it's equalizing the playing field in terms of what information is available to whom. So even things that were historically gatekept, like investing information, growing our legacy wealth, and this, this type of thing used to be held by one certain demographic, and now it's becoming more and more and more available. So what we do with that is also going to require us to take responsibility for the way we invest our energy and attention. Because if we could really learn to harness our attention and not be so distracted, which is something that was conditioned into us by society through advertisements, consumer culture, you know, just all the, all the ways that our energy is, is try, like trying to be scattered by other forces or corporate toxic capitalism, like whatever, whatever is the, the force that's not in the highest service of love at the moment. We have to use our objectivity, our intellect, become more comfortable with detaching ourselves, reclaiming our energy. And then what's going to happen and what is happening already is our consciousness is evolving beyond what we have experienced in our lifetimes and beyond what we've experienced actually for like multiple generations. So this is where the concept of ancient future templates is starting to become more known, um, which is the, the quality of consciousness that the ancients had, but it, a new iteration, a revolutionized iteration, because we are we are not them and we will never be them, but they were accessing a certain quality of consciousness. And that's something that we became disconnected with over the last however many thousands of years. So Aquarius is very future forward. It's a visionary sign. It's a sign that's based in objectivity and intellect. It's a sign that is the water bearer. So it's receiving from source and pouring it in, into earth. And another part of this is non-hierarchical structures, even things like cryptocurrency, which is by no means perfect at the moment, but it ultimately is the future, in my opinion, because of its decentralization. The concept of decentralization is extremely Aquarian. It is so Aquarian, like decentralized governance, decentralized money, like it's extremely Aquarian. So we're going to see a lot of dismantling. And that's going to be challenging because we have all grown in this world and in this matrix that we've inherited. And we need to 
obviously, we and we do understand that the creators of this matrix are past generations, had limited perceptions, didn't necessarily have the best intentions at heart, hadn't you know, we're not in their heart, we're not fully embodying their, their soul purpose, right? So we are now taking responsibility for creating that new earth. And it's going to be a little bit messy. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit messy. I love all of this, because as you're saying, it's like, there's that in between period of leaving something and in setting the stage for what's next whether we get to be here at that time or not, which as you're saying, we won't be, but it's that very transitional period where it really is such a shift for all of us. And I love one of the pieces that you said about the the intricacy of having so much access to so much information mm -hmm. and how we deal with that. Like, Again, there, everything is kind of available at our fingertips, but the evolution and the consciousness to learning how to use that and how to, to proactively be it without losing ourselves in that information, it's, it's, it's a process. It is. Yeah. And discernment is so important during this time. And discernment is something that is usually not a super strong point during the Piscean age, because discernment yeah. is a quality of Virgo and Virgo is the opposite sign of Pisces. So Pisces is a sign that has rose colored glasses, is very trusting. And that's why gullibility and delusion and deception can be a shadow of that sign. So we can see that, you know, over these thousands of years with organized religion and just different, different groups kind of taking control and siphoning and harnessing energy and in simultaneously harnessing energy and scattering the attention of the common person through the way that social media is built and created. And I love social media. It's very Aquarian. Like the fact that we can have these online businesses and connect with our soulmate clients and share our medicine online, like this is very Aquarian. This is as we move into the Aquarian age, it's becoming more and more and more common and available and empowered. But also that level of attention that we're going to have to reclaim to really become what humanity is truly capable of. So what humanity is truly capable of, if we were to harness more of our energy, to harness more of our presence, and this is the work that we're doing, right? Like we, like those of us who are on the personal development path are doing this work and it's body, mind, soul, right? It's like, we, we, you don't just transcend the body. It's, it's the somatic pieces. It's releasing the trauma shards and the energetic forms that are in our body. It's like a deep exploration and a deep journey. And it's also the responsibility piece is a really important one. It's something people don't talk about a lot with the age of Aquarius, but with Aquarius being a Saturn ruled sign, that is about responsibility. The other ruler of Aquarius in modern astrology is Uranus, which is the planet of revolution, disruption, change, shock, and surprise. And it's the sacred rebel. And it's also the nonconformist. So that's also part of it as well as being willing to pioneer a new path, being willing to pioneer a path that other people think is crazy, being willing to pioneer a path that seems unlikely to people because we haven't seen it in our recent history. But that's the thing is we are creating Aquarius and Uranus rule innovation and inventions. We see strong Aquarius placements in all of like the greatest inventors and like most crazy geniuses, like Albert Einstein, for example, Jupiter and North Node in Aquarius, Pisces Sun. Um, so interesting combo of the two. So that is going to require us to be sharper and have higher standards for ourselves. Another shadow of Pisces in the Piscean age is escapism. So escaping what is our true calling, escaping our feelings, escaping our true responsibilities, being in avoidance of these things, 
feeling more comfortable in a job to be an employee, exactly how school conditioned us to be, which is the main purpose of public, like the mainstream education, the, the purpose that that is serving is to carve us into good employees, not to equip us to be fully expressed, actualized human beings. So all of these things are needing to change in the collective and individual, in the systemic old systems being taken down, new systems being created, but us no longer waiting for someone else to do it. So it's us actually claiming that responsibility and really owning our power to be creators in this life rather than be passive, which we have been just as a collective, been pretty passive in a lot of ways. 100%. And I hear a lot, like I'm a Virgo son. So I hear the the gullibility, I don't I can't even say the word of, you know, not taking everything as it is, but to actually like, as you're saying, like the discernment and the sovereignty mm-hmm. is such a big, big piece that I feel like us collectives um, and us doing this work are bringing forward of where is that part of, of individual leadership, of personal leadership, mm-hmm. that leadership is or begins at individual leadership, at personal leadership. Like there is no leadership, or at least I feel like in this age, there is no more bypassing leadership or just as you're saying, the admiration and the adoration of -hmm. of somebody just because you see an image that's presented to you versus the actual connection of of truth and personal, that's a sense of personal leadership because I think that that's the leaders of of the new age that are really connected to to who they are, to their sovereignty and that are first than anything in their personal leadership as they come into the collective leadership. So another thing that I think it's really interesting of, of you mentioning, which is, you know what, I've seen this a lot in the entrepreneurial industry and in, for example, I mean, I work a lot with, you know, psychic, intuitives, healers, multidimensionals who for such a long time have been misunderstood and have felt, you know, oppressed by by the ideas of the collective. And I feel like one of the biggest things, myself included in my journey, of this transition has been the trusting and the being the pioneers of that new paradigm that a lot of people don't understand. So the way that we, when we entered our power of psychic abilities and full alignment of divine alignment of mind, body, and soul, and begin to operate from our true capacity of energy, creation, and shaping, and and empower of molding this matrix Mm -hmm. based on focus and and, in will, basically. When we want to go on that and when we're like connected to our soul and want to do that, I think like a lot of the times what happens, it's like, but nobody has done it before. So we look for like, where is the box that I can box myself into? So then I am normal. And I think that's one of the, the shadow pieces of being the pioneers of this new new way of living. And it's not one way of living. I think the new world has so many possibilities and realities simultaneously, but it's, it's that pioneer piece that I feel like is our biggest challenge now as leaders um, that have been misunderstood for a very long time is to move past this idea of like, for example, in entrepreneurship in the coaching industry, you know, just talk about finances, like finances, how crazy it is to, to be able to make, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, six figure business, seven figure business, eight figure businesses in no time in ways that nobody has ever seen before. And not just that, but it's, it's so many other ways, um, in, in the crypto industry and so many, so many things, how people got like millionaires overnight. Like, I mean, there's just ridiculous the way that it is. 
But again, it's in order to to do that, we have to trust. And that's like the bridge, the way that I see like the graduation period of of knowing and, and, and really truly believing in something that hasn't been created before. And I feel like that's a lot of the times for entrepreneurs when they look around and they're like, is this possible? But they base that on what has happened before, not in anything is actually possible. So let's see what that looks like. So with this reflection, you mentioned the shadow of the Pisces era. So what is the shadow of the the Aquarian age? Ooh, great question. I love that. And, you know, just to speak on what you were just sharing with that Aquarian energy, there's the Saturn rulership, which is the responsibility. And there's the Uranus rulership, which is innovation. So when we are looking to fit in the box, it's really our own emotions, which is a Piscean quality because Pisces is a water sign. It's really our own emotions and our unwillingness to feel uncomfortable doing something that the mainstream is not going to be comfortable with yet. That's exactly what Aquarius stands for. It's the sacred rebel. It's the disruptor. It's the revolutionary. It's the person who's innovating Uranus energy. And it's also taking responsibility for our vision because Aquarius is a visionary. So if we're really connected to our vision and we're able to clear the emotional chaos that can create so much confusion or not, not clear it as in get rid of it, but we're just develop our emotional intelligence and work with that. Then we see that we're following, we're, we're literally becoming instruments of a cosmic order that is playing out as ripples of evolution across the planet that's so much bigger than us. And when we realize that, it's just kind of like this, like, yes, sir. Like, it's just kind of like this, like, like, you know, not my will, but thy will be done yes. for my will is also mine. Like the yeah, merging I of that. that. Um, but the shadows of Aquarius is overly detached, over detachment and God complex. So God complex as in, I have all the answers. Like the classic Aquarius mantra is I know. It's like, I already know that. I already know that. I already know that. So maybe thinking that we don't have more to learn could be one. Uh, but Aquarius does value truth above all things, like objective truth. So usually if a truth is brought to an Aquarius, even it's, if it's different than what they know, they will be open to it because truth is like the highest value. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out in the shadow. I think it's easier to look back on it in retrospect. Like at the beginning of the age of Pisces, it probably would have been hard to say, well, there's going to be all these religious things, cult stuff, scams, like addiction, like there's going to be all these themes playing out. And whereas the Aquarian uh, shadows is being overly aloof, um, not making much space for emotion. So it can be become quite in a way masculine where Pisces is more of a feminine sign. Of course, we know that feminine energy is rising and, and we're coming into that divine union. But the because Aquarius is so cerebral and inter- intellectual, a shadow could be that we, like this, like a very realistic shadow that I see happening is we get overbalanced, we get imbalanced when it comes to technology and AI. Like obviously we know AI is like expanding like every second, every hour, just exponentially like growing. So they're absolutely can be groups in the age of Aquarius that are just like all AI, all technology, let's advance it, advance it, advance it like faster than we are ready to be able to hold that and actually have the capacity to hold that in a healthy way that honors life because of being disconnected to the heart. So I would say that's the, that's the biggest like threat, so to speak, or that's the biggest challenge that I see in terms of like the the true unfolding of divine love and heaven on earth frequencies and Eden manifesting on planet earth. I see that as the biggest challenge in the age of Aquarius because Aquarius is the intellect and it's the mind. So that's, we already know, and that's why it's so powerful that we've been, you know, many people doing the healing with masculine and feminine energies. We already know that that true strength 
is rooted in the heart. So that would be the the thing is if, if we start merging with technology, if we start merging with machines, like our bodies, trying to like upgrade our bodies and, and that kind of thing, like that's a very slippery slope in, in terms of towards the shadow direction of Aquarius. Thanks for asking that question. That's not something that, that gets yeah, spoken it, about. No, exactly. <laughs> I love that because it's like such an awareness, right, of, of the polarity that we live in because it's it's true like as we evolve in one area there is always that polarity that is going to come as again the same conversation to bring us back you know to bring us back to that um a full expression but again you know whatever is in the chart collectively speaking can be expressed in that in many ways and that is yeah. really truly based on us so I think one of the things that I love about this conversation is what you're saying like when you realize that you are not just doing this because of you and you realize that this is like cosmic order bigger play at you know as as what it is all of a sudden you realize that you actually a part of something so big that is this shift in in humanity this shift in this planet that we get to live right now and we are able to to realize how big and how connected we are to everything that's happening because again i mean this is like the chart of earth right and the way that it gets expressed we could be victims of it we can go into the shadow side of it or we can go completely the opposite of let's see where this is going to take us but because it's such a a big you know involves so many like all of us basically Mm -hmm. it's it requires us like it really requires all of us to 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 do this work and to and to come together Yep. to make these shifts and 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 live what's possible for all of us. So it's really mm-hmm. exciting. Really yeah. really really exciting. And personally for you as you move through this leadership have you felt resistance from family members, friends like what has been this journey of leadership knowing what you know, seeing what you see? And having this vision as an Aquarius, you know, as an Aquarian, like having this vision and creating this, like what has been personally speaking and more like intimately speaking, I guess, the journey of evolution with the polarity of people of, you know, their opinions of you or or the not understanding of your timelines and things like that. This is the third time, Daniela, that you have asked a question that I was just thinking about. Like, this is like, I wanted to say it before, but then it just, there wasn't a chance. And now it's the third time. It's like, we're like connected on the crown and third eye levels. And you're just like plucking like my thought, like from the quantum and just like vocalizing. It's so great. Am I remembering correctly? You're you're a reflector. Is that right? Yes. I thought I I had that in my, in my mental. (laughs) Love it so much. So I feel that this is very related as well to what you were sharing about working with mystics and working with multidimensionals and and the fear that comes with us showing up in our gifts when we most likely or like pretty much, I think it's just true across the board. We've had past life experiences and lineage experiences of being persecuted and killed for having our gifts, working with magic, looking at stars, even being a herbalist or working with your menstrual cycle or looking at the moon and connecting with it on a spiritual level. So we have, you know, there's a collective, there's like a reservoir of trauma around that. And it's very deep within, within us epigenetic wise in our wombs and our energy fields. Um, It carries on until we do the work to really like shift that and transmit that. 
So it's so interesting how for my own life, the things that I thought were my biggest curses and my biggest pains, like being so different than my family, dropping out and moving out when I was 15, those things actually perfectly prepared me for my mission. So those things that I felt like, man, this is so unfair. Other people don't have to go through this. Why is my life like this? All these things I felt so victimized around then, which is the Piscean shadow. Then we move into the Aquarian energies of seeing the bigger picture, seeing the greater vision and realizing me already dealing with not being accepted by my family, which is have uh, my family is from Pakistan. So that's an Islamic country and which Islamic countries can be very, very intense when it comes to what women are allowed to do, as we're seeing with the revolution in Iran, which is so age of Aquarius right now. So shout out to the women of Iran. Um, Those journeys that I had and those classic were just all initiations, right? All initiations for me one day, publicly sharing online the most craziest things. And and when my clients, uh, which is very common, you know, that the clients I attract are also similarly here to speak and be voices and be leaders when it comes to all kinds of topics, whether it's Reiki, energy, quantum, manifestation, money, like taboo topics that for sure have the potential to not be accepted by others and for sure have the potential to, you know, create drama within our families. And when we have these conversations, which is quite often because obviously, you know, people are attracted to working with me for a certain reason. And it's a, it's a common experience as we're doing something new, we're doing something scary that in a past life or in along our lineage or both, someone got brutally murdered for, right? Like being burnt alive at the stake is one of the most painful ways to go, especially usually there's a crowd of people laughing at you and ridiculing you or watching, like there's like the humiliation, there's the physical pain, like it creates a, it can create an imprint that echoes into our other lifetimes. And when I've had these conversations um, and it's been really powerful for me, I've had a shocking amount of Pakistani and Indian women clients who are successful entrepreneurs. Like I'm talking six figures, seven figures. I'm like, wow, we really doing it. We really out here because the financial freedom piece is very important, especially in cultures where women generally had to get married in order to be secure and and live and divorce is not really an option. And you kind of have to stay. And like, there's, you know, oppression energies going on, right. That are being healed and, and recoded right now. So it's been so beautiful to witness that. And, and as we work through things where it's like, wow, like I'm putting my face out there. Like for some cultures, there is a danger of being honor killed for doing something that doesn't, you know, that people don't want you to be doing in that culture. And it can't, it can be the smallest things. A lot of people in Western countries don't realize this. That there are countries right now where someone could get honor killed for showing too much skin, for having their hair down instead of up for holding hands in public, for dancing in public. Like that's for real. This is like real, real, like people's lives being taken and in terrible ways. So when that's a reality and there's women of color, especially that are just connecting. And it's not, it's not only women of color that deal with this and move with this, but it's just a very heightened reality. That's so visceral and so lucid when that is like a potential within our culture, like within like six degrees of separation. And what I've said to my clients when it comes to this is, I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to have haters and I'm not going to tell you that people aren't going to agree with what you do. In fact, I'm pretty sure 
they probably won't. There, there is going to be people, you know, I've had haters, I've had threads about me, I've had people making posts about me, everyone in the comments tearing me down, like, which was a fear of mine in the past. And then I got to bust through that with the Aquarian objectivity of I'm not going to, I'm not a victim to this, I'm not going to be swayed by these emotions, there's a greater vision, and not everyone needs to see it. And when it comes to like the life or death feeling, where even if that's not, even if you're not from a culture where that might be a reality, but it can still feel like life or life or death to our nervous systems and to our soul because of lifetimes and past life experiences where it was life or death. So it can still feel like that to us. And where I've gotten with it, and what I and I've never said this, I've never shared this publicly. I've only shared this in the private spaces with my clients and my mastermind, which is some things are worth dying for. And that's also the Aquarian objectivity of like, I am here. My human life is real. I'm here for a reason. I chose to be here. This is very important. This is very significant. But ultimately, I'm identified with my soul. And I'm here to live my life fully lived, fully actualized, fully in my purpose. I'm here to go all the way with my destiny. And if someone wants to take my life for that, which is the most extreme consequence, right? Like, let's just like exaggerate it so we can like really feel the frequency. If someone wants to punish me or take my life for that, fucking go for it. Try me. Try it. You know what I'm saying? It's like some things are worth dying for. And that's the Aquarian objectivity. So that's my answer to that. I know that's like really extreme and really intense, but for me, it's the most liberating thing. But I have my, I have my moon and my North node in the house of death in my chart in the, in the eighth house. So <laughs> contemplations on death have always been very fruitful for me. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was really beautiful. And I felt the frequency. And I hope that everybody that's listening also feels that liberation when you take away that shadow of that fear, which is the ultimate fear. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me as a reflector, what I see that is if we're here to complete a mission, like if, if we're here for a higher purpose, that would be the ultimate completion of the highest purpose. Like... Mm that's the only thing that we basically came here for to stand in our truth in what we came here to do until the end whatever yes. that looks like oof mm, yes so good i got chills thank you so much for that that mm. was really really beautiful and really important um to say and i'm, ha I'm really happy that you have this platform and everybody that's listening to amplify these words that you're sharing with us and to amplify this message that i believe to be so huge so mm -hmm. huge. And then because the, 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 not the gap, but the space between I'm afraid to go online and say things and I am willing to die for this cause. Like it's such a wide, but when you look at it like this, you kind of unite the beginning and the end. Wow. And you stand in the middle of it of it is. So yeah. it's so beautiful. And it's also the interplay between the greater destiny that's playing out and our individual lives, right? Because the, uh -huh. the space between the that beginning of like, oh, I, like I've never made my first post or like I'm thinking about starting an Instagram to like, I, I'm here for my purpose. That's the reason why I came here and I will be, I am willing to die for it is our personal development journey.
It's our healing. It's our lineage work. It's our somatic work. It's getting to know ourselves. It's playing with the charts that we feel called to, you know, and not everyone has to be an astrologer, guys. That's why astrologers are in the collective. It takes a real nerd to want to study to that depth and that length. And like, that's why we're here, right? Like not everyone has to, has to learn this, but the various systems, gene keys, human designs, the way that we're gaining, not to limit us because every single one of these things I mentioned, we can engage with it in a lower frequency, which is the victim, save me. Same, same with the coaching industry, right? That you and I are very familiar with. It's like we can hire someone from save me, shiny object syndrome, buy so many courses that I don't even have time to do them, which that was me in like my first two years of business versus being like, I'm following one step at a time. What's the next best thing? What is the golden thread leading me to? What does my authority lead me to? What am I being called to next? In a very objective sense of like, out of, of course, the world is full of amazing teachers, full of systems we can do, personality tests, ways, modalities we can try, but we can easily create the same loop, which is a loop of avoidance of what we're really here to do, escaping what's really going on through all these personal development. But then there's these empowered uses of like, I am a creator. I am not a victim. I'm a creator with a capital C. I'm awakening to my God consciousness, basically, or my, my ascended consciousness. And through that, I'm actually grounding even deeper into this earthly existence. And I know that the world is full of an abundance of things that can help me, empower me, support me. And it's like this cornucopia of like, ooh, I feel called to get a healing with this person. And, and, and going on that journey and, and doing that work and being human like it's like it's the 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 balance of like i am a soul i am one with god i am a creator i am just pure magic right like i'm like a mythology i'm a, i'm a, i'm have the potential to be legendary and then there's also like i'm a human i have a heart i have insecurities i have doubts and fears and like bringing the love right into that space and that is the intimacy of like that inner union of like, I'm my own soulmate. So how do I want to treat myself and be with myself? Hmm. I love that because it's, it's a, a really beautiful way. Like your communication is so clear, which is a very beautiful way to say here in divine alignment podcast and in the DA world in general, I talk a lot about this formula that I find to be basically the formula of ultimate union and ultimate uh, self-realization, which is soul plus human equals magic. Mm-hmm. As you're saying is understanding the, the, the expansion and the wideness of our soul that goes way beyond whatever happens here at the same time as understanding that it is happening here though. So we have that human experience. And when we are able to bridge those two and to understand that, you know, different aspects of who we are, then we're able to basically live in this, you know, God energy or magic, um, Mm -hmm. as, as we're saying. So I'm going to like end this with something that you said, which was there is a greater calling and there is a greater vision that I stand by and not everybody needs to see it. I thought that was so beautiful and so liberating in the sense of as long as we are within us of that vision for the for, for us and for the greater collective at hand, not everybody needs to see it. Just us. Absolutely. And recognizing that like not everyone will see it, right? Because that's that's the case whenever something new comes. The first people to be like, we're going to make a machine that has wings and it flies and you sit and it flies in the sky. Like the majority of people are going to say that is crazy, right? And then over time through those people, those people have to choose with their free will. We're going to press on. We're going to make 
failed version after failed version after failed version. That's the energy of invention. Aquarius rules invention. So the age of Aquarius is going to be full of things that are unknown, full of things we don't have evidence for yet, full of things that are unproven. But it's going to be grounded in increased intellect and consciousness. So it's very fun. It's very full of possibility, but it's not clouded with magical thinking and fantastical thinking, which is also the shadow of the Piscean age as well. Um, so it's so interesting to, to just reflect on, on these things and even how like what you were saying with like just being fully human and fully arriving here, like we are here for a reason. And even if we look at the concept and the, the spiritual journey, which I'm sure is very rich and filled with a lot of rewards, but the concept of transcending the earthly body, like I'm here, but I'm a soul. So I want to get out of here, get me out of here. Actually, I need to ascend yeah. out of here. That is, that even has the frequency of the Pisces escapism, even though people can mm -hmm. be so committed and disciplined with that. And there, there can be a lot of reward in that path for, I'm sure for a lot of people, but we can still find that frequency of like, I don't want to be here. So I'm not accepting the present moment. So yeah, it's just, it's so wonderful to have these conversations. My heart and soul feel so enriched. Like your questions are just so like, ooh, just getting right in there. This is just, yeah, been such a fulfilling experience for me. I'm so grateful to be able to share on Divine Alignment. Thank you so much. It has been so great to have you and so beautiful to, to share this, this, this thinking in this. Again, I feel like a lot of the times with these things, in the past, we have always looked for the, the, the answers, but now we're starting to realize that it's being part of the conversation that brings us into unique answers for, for what that looks like in our own chart expression and in our own life expression and business expression. So being part of certain conversations, although they don't quote unquote answer a question, they give us a broader perspective so we can choose different ways and pathways and, 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 and then create from that wider field. So the last thing that I want to say for anybody that's listening is, and I think it comes from this conversation so good, which is we get to choose either to be that 5% or 2% that is creating that new world and that is bringing new templates. And I get chills when I say that, or we can choose to be, you know, 95% of the people and, and, and just go with, with the flow and see where, where we go. But yeah. we really do have a choice. But if we, if we want to, and I know that everybody that listens to this podcast has the potentiality of that 5% and that 2% is remind yourself when you are creating, when you're innovating, when you're building this life and living it, notice when you want to bring yourself back to conforming into that 95% or 90% or 98% of the population. And remember your, remember that, that you get to, to, to be that 5% that's creating change and that is bringing that, you know, integration of the Aquarian, 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 my accent, Aquarian age. So, um, so good. So good. Thank you so much for this and for your time and, and for your energy and for your wisdom to pouring us into pouring so much love into this conversation. And after this, I'm sure a lot of people will want to be in your world and want to connect with you and be in your energy. Where, where do you usually uh, hang out the most? What's your biggest platform or the platform that you love people to follow you on? So I am the most active on Instagram at oath.oracle. I also share horoscopes and a lot of like deep penetrating astrology wisdom in there. And I have a podcast as well called the Business Oracle Podcast. Oh, I actually had no idea. That's amazing. It's oh, kind so of, beautiful. It's kind of new. <laughs> ah, congratulations. Thank That's super you. fun. Thank you. I think you have a great voice and communication skills for a podcast. Like I am going to listen to that. Oh, thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be here and connect with you, Daniela. Thank you. And thank you, everybody that's here. I hope I see you in, feel you in another podcast. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you love this conversation and want to explore deeper work together, make sure that you reach out directly to me instead of Instagram and also join our free community on Telegram. I will leave all the links for you on the bio. Until next time. Magic awaits. <laughs>